Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Hey everybody, welcome back. We're getting into some juicy stuff today. We are talking about SD-WAN, advanced networking, We're talking about SASE, and if you don't know what that is, uh, don't worry, you're going to learn. We're going to talk about that and Global Backbones. So today, uh, with us to kind of explain all of this, we've got the SVP of Solution Engineering from Ariaka, Ryan Livesey. Ryan, welcome. Thanks for having me, Josh. Good to be here. Ryan, so uh, I, I want to hear some background here. Uh, hopefully you got something I can use against you as a blackmail later on. But listen, I, when we get on this part of the show, some people have had direct journeys. They know exactly what they set out and how they want to get there and how they want to be. Other people come from fields that are completely unrelated. Uh, we love both sides of that story. So give us the journey. Uh, we now know your title at Ariaka, but how'd you get here? Great question. Um, so came out of school with a finance degree, finance and accounting. A small school went to work as a, as a bean counter. So literally, Archer Daniels Midland, fifty thousand employees globally, worldwide, and and uh, I figured out pretty quick. It took me a couple of years, but I figured out pretty quick. I don't know that I want to do this. And uh, I was also a golfer in college. Played four years football and golf, and and so ended up small school D three. But um, nonetheless, I continued to get better and better, and uh, was hanging out with a tour player, and I decided to chase the dream. So I quit that bean counter job. Three years out of school, moved to Florida. Asked the the wife at that time of what was it? Um, probably five five six years we dated, and, and she we we were getting married in in six months. I said, "Are you good with me quitting this job and moving to Florida, and we'll just live down there?" And and uh, it's an hour never kind of chase the dream deal. So she was supportive of it. We moved to Florida, did that for about a year and a half, and, and spent a heck of a lot more money than I made. <laughs> she was working in the in the office equipment business down there selling slinging copiers, and uh, we both wanted to be pharmaceutical reps. Went to a career fair and they said, um, either you go office equipment sales or you go telecom sales. And lo and behold, I end up in the in the wonderful world of telecom in 2002 at Allegiance Telecom and spent seven, eight years there with XO and then uh, moved on to Earthlink for another seven years. And, and here I am at Arioca today, four years later, heading their engineering group. So I love it. From the PGA Tour to here. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. Well, tell me a little bit about, for anybody that doesn't know, um, walk me through who Ariaka is. And, and you know, we'll get into Sassy in a second, but but walk me through Ariaka, right? Where did it start and what is it now? Yeah, Ariaka was founded in 2010. And back then, uh, the, the business, obviously, it was kind of in the pre-SD-WAN era. So um, the, the business was, was founded by uh, some former Cisco engineers. And they created a, a business plan to uh, provide WAN optimization as a service. So back in that, that era, you know, obviously you had Riverbed uh, providing those compression and deduplication and caching algorithms. And um, Ariaka engineered these algorithms primarily in this pop-based core network that's incredibly beneficial for us today. What they did early in that era was uh, was software to find what today is one of our big differentiators in a, in a layer two global private backbone that we operate that takes the uncertainties of the the internet out publicly. So we evolved over those years to SD-WAN to now SASE. And uh, so it's been a journey, but a 13 year, very successful journey now eclipsing over hundred million in annual revenues. Congrats to that. Um, those are good numbers. Uh, and, and it's been interesting too. You guys always have really set yourself apart, right? Through the SD-WAN era, what it started out as, what it's evolved to, and we're going to get into that. But it always has been interesting, and it's I think it's been very easy to describe how you guys are different. Um, your, your story is easy to understand where, hey, you know, if you've got 
global, you've got middle mile concerns. Um, we have that. We have that built. Don't go try and build it on your own, right? It's not cheap. We did right. that and we perfected it. Um, all right. So so walk us through a little bit about now we're going to jump into the sassy side of things. Define for us, you know, for everybody listening out there, what sassy means and, and how has that changed your journey or how has that added to kind of the journey in the architecture at Ariaka? You know, with, with SASE and how you define it, I think you can look back to it SD-WAN at its inception. And, and um, how did people define SD-WAN five, six, seven years ago? Um, you, you'd ask that question to anybody, whether they were in an engineering role or a sales role, and that you got a different definition out of it. And I think uh, today the, the same can probably be said for SASE. So, but what in general, you, you, when, you, when you think SASE, you, you have to think convergence of network and security. Um, with Gartner and how they've defined it, that one common denominator with regards to the security that you typically see is, is cloud-based security. As these workloads have continued to migrate to the cloud, whether you're in an infrastructure as a service or a SaaS consumption model, does it make sense to have these legacy networks where you're hairpinning traffic through some head ends, through a data center, you know, through a firewall? Um, and generally the answer is no. So what users have typically done uh, is, is or, or InfoSec groups have done is push this security closer to their users uh, around the world. So. Uh, that, in our simplest definition, is is what we see around SASE, is the convergence of network and specifically cloud security. Love it. Um, where do you feel, all right, let's talk about competitors for a second. What do you feel, you know, for the partners listening to this, we want them to understand who you are, what you do, but we also want them to understand maybe some of the where are you different. Um, where do you feel, you know, now that you got such a mature platform out there, maybe that's the uh, not, not leading the witness, but uh, where do you feel you stand out here from differentiator perspective? Yeah, we've been um, described by the likes of some Gartner analysts and other other analysts in, in firms that uh, we're one of the most mature and advanced network as a service stacks in the business. So again, when you look at the lineage of this 13 year history of our business, uh, there is there is some great success stories that we've had. You follow uh, we've, we've got a lot of CIOs that have literally taken Ariaka to multiple places in their career. So um, I think when you look at the partner uh, reputation of our business, they've said Ariaka is historically very, very good, but also can be very expensive. So we've tried to redefine who we are within that channel community, be more relevant in, in places outside of just maybe China, for example, as we were perceived as this niche player to go fix some China issues at one point. Uh, to where now we're we're doing a much much better job as becoming that global WAN standard for for companies. So um, our our difference is really again you don't have to look much past the network to understand fundamentally that is the the biggest difference with Ariaka. This foundation that uh, that that our our initial founders built on was this layer two core network. Again, taking these uncertainty of the public internet out. The transformations that we've had have been incredibly successful around truly replacing MPLS. So you, you think of MPLS and why did companies keep MPLS for so long, for so many years, because it worked. And as you've transitioned into these public-based networks and looking to do more cost-effective uh, transport methods like VPN or, or SD-WAN, well, things again change when you, when you introduce separation between workloads and, and where those users sit across the world. So Ariaka can deliver this truly end-to-end -end class of service capable network using cost-effective internet at the edge with this middle mile that is everything you've had in MPLS. So, you know, we've got roughly a thousand customers around the world and, and not one of those customers after about a year, right? There's always that little transitional period where we support MPLS on the front end of that, that transformation journey, but they end up cutting the cord on MPLS entirely. 
So in many cases, it's been dual MPLS cores that they've had with multiple providers providing that diversity with an internet on top of that, incredibly costly. So um, to, to truly replace MPLS, utilize that cost-effective internet, proxy that traffic very close into this deterministic layer two network, it's, it's, it's an unprecedented solution out there in the marketplace. Love it too. Love to seeing um, you know you you guys have never wavered from channel friendliness. Uh, you know I, I think that that has to be called out right now. You've got Patterson. You got a great team over there leading everything uh, out. It's always good to see that continued investment in the channel, right? So kudos to you for you know you guys just doubling down on that. Um, that obviously that means a lot to partners and a lot to us. Yeah, if it didn't work, right, we'd have to change. We'd have to we'd have to revisit our growth strategies. But the bottom line is we've been embraced by some partners over the years, right? It's not we're not doing business with 75, 80% of the partners out there, but the ones that have uh, that have, have taken the time to understand us and position us with those right fit customers, it's been a great partnership. So um it allows us the ability to run a little bit leaner in terms of our, you know, what our 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 sales engine looks like. So uh, yeah, we've, we've built a great team, I think, around Craig. He's done an awesome job to reignite the channel programs around the Accelerate methodology he's got in addition to specifically focusing around the throttle programs. Everything has to do with foot on the gas, right, with Craig. Mm -hmm. um, so, but yeah, it's been it's been a great journey for us to stay very channel focused in our business. And um, we see that changing in no way, shape or form. Love it. All right. So we're going to do a little bit of... Uh... You know, a look back versus a look now um, as we as we jump into the next couple of questions. So let's look back first. Walk us back through your first journey into SD-WAN, whether that's Arioca or whether that's companies before. Um, walk us through, you know, kind of what was that experience like? What what are those, you know, what, what clicked in your mind and what did you see in this? What you saw out there was was change. Um, again, as we talked about, right, this, this journey to cloud, the cloud now era that we live and breathe in every day. Um, MPLS only networks didn't make sense. And you, you look at the journey that these customers have been on. They've added internet. When they add internet, they got to add security, right? And, you know, so you've got this, this multi-path architecture out there of some MPLS networks with some internet and you've added security and what's it, what's next? Well, SD-WAN, right? So you, you add this box in, um, typically out there to provide a little bit more intelligence and path selection and certain things around that nature. So, uh, that was the journey for, for much of us. So I, Prior to my tenure here, I've been with Arioca four years now, but prior to that, I was with Interface Security. And we were very, uh, very retail focused, right? Had some large 10 plus thousand retail accounts out there. And, um, and MPLS was was really never, um, it, you know, it was, it was never consumed by those guys because they were so price sensitive out there. But uh, but SD-WAN was, hey, we want we want the intelligence of making this, this right path decision. So, uh, but we had to do it very price sensitive and we were, positioning Fortinet out there, right? And, and you look at Fortinet and what they've done around uh, incorporating some next generation SD-WAN features into their uh, their, their FortiGuard UTM solutions. And it fits the box, right? It, or it checks the box. It, it fits the mold for a lot of customers and what they're looking for in their next generation SD-WAN architecture. Arioca, you, you know, it, we're, we're not apples to apples to a lot of those box-based players out there. So um, and we say that it's not a price. It's not a price only play that we position ourselves on around this core network consumption model. We've adapted to be more price sensitive. We've incorporated a layer three architecture into our flex core fabric that gives us a, a still better than Internet performance out there with tier one ISPs in those pops to egress the traffic out similar to some of what we see in other other Arioca competitors. But so we've had to evolve as well. But that's um, ultimately I think you, you, you have to look at, at you know, what are the right 
architecture is for these customers in their journey, right? What are the price points that they're looking to achieve? And then from there, you guys as trusted advisors make those, those decisions on, um, on what's the right, right technology platform for them. So let's talk about challenges in the conversation. Um, the, you know, we like to help the partners understand, you know, one, the tech stack, what it is, what it does, what it solves for, right? And we're getting through some of that. But what about the, when I talk to my customers, how do I get them to understand if they need this, right? So maybe walk us through challenges you're facing in these conversations with customers. How do they look at this? Do they look at it as a product they know they need? Are they trying to get justify ROI? You know, walk us through the hard parts of these conversations with customers. We probably, in, you know, growing up in the in the telecom era that we have, we probably haven't done a great job at at really digging and probing into the application stack. Um, and I think that's ultimately the the best advice that I can give today. And the whole discovery process is really understanding these application flows, and from there you're designing the right network architecture to support those, the right security posture to protect those applications. And um, I think that's ultimately, again, as as, as partners, as, as these trusted advisors of these clients, they're looking for us to, to really understand their network. And to understand their network, you need to understand the application flows. And when you understand those application flows and the pains associated with those application flows, now you're building the right solution to fix those problems. So... so do you, uh, do you find it's just then a, a, okay, tell me about the application. How is it performing? Walk us through, you know, maybe you're getting to that, what some of that uncover, uncover, peel back stuff goes. It is, right? And, you know, again, this so many of these applications, you know, when you look at, at, at SAPs, at Oracle instances, have they migrated these into the cloud? If they haven't, how many tenants do they have? Where do these sit in terms of data centers? How close are these to the workers around potentially the world? You know, and the more you introduce, and as I mentioned, the separation between where that workload resides and where the user sits, typically the more challenge there's going to be. You're introducing hot potato. If you're building and if you're, you're routing that type of application flow on an internet-based architecture, um, you see hot potato out there, right? Where one carrier passes that traffic, do it, do a trace route and watch how these, mm -hmm. these packets are handed off from one carrier to another. And when you're doing so, you're increasing latency, which those spikes in latency cause jitter, those jitter the jitter breaks application flows. So we really try to understand the application flows, right? Where that, where that tenancy exists for the application, where the users reside. And from there, we're engineering the solution uh, around how we're, we're fixing it. I'll give you a, a good example. We've got a customer, a prospect that we're nearing the finish line on today. They've got a legacy Cisco call manager architecture and they, they literally have to build a static route in their CloudGenics platform that uh, that prohibits that IPT failover into the public side, right? Because of where that call manager sits and, and that user. So they have to hard code that route to stay in PLS, regardless of what the intelligence in that SD-WAN platform says, hey, we want we think this is a better path. It, it doesn't function, right, over the public side. So um, those are instances where we've engineered a combination of these SD-WAN treatments on our edge, in addition to this layer two core to be able to honor those diff serve tags, no different than you have in an MPLS network for 15, 20 years. So understanding those problems around the applications and the challenges that they've got, that's when ultimately I think you, you've, you've figured out, you've cracked the code on really what the best solution is to engineer for them. And, and are you seeing, you know, with with what you guys have evolved to from a convergence of, you know, WAN meets security and, and kind of ties all that together, 
is it any vertical? Is there any certain types? You know, if I'm, if I'm a partner listening to this and I haven't tackled a lot of business with you guys and I want to jump in, where would you steer me? Or, or if I've got a hundred customers in my base and they're all different verticals and sizes, what would you steer me to? For us, you know, we look at our customer base right around the segments and, and we've done a good job to really understand that and, and, and then focus our, our prospecting uh, the, that whole BDR effort for us to control the platform, not just rely on a partner to say, bring us this opportunity, right? But hey, what can we do to go and drive activity within this specific right fit vertical for us? And then we end up introducing, we've got BDR specific to the channel. We're handing some of these opportunities off to our partners. So, but we've done a really good job to stratify that. And manufacturing, semiconductor, biotech, pharma, uh, transportation, logistics, these types of industries for us are absolutely really, really good fits. And the reason why they're really, really good fits is again, typically they're going to be globally distributed across the world. So um, for us, you know, you look at the internet in the US, right? Like I said, we've introduced this very cost-effective solution in the US and um, an RL3 FlexCore solution is really, really, I mean, it's almost box-based type of pricing for, um, with, with a still middle mild, it's far better than the internet. But the internet doesn't break here in the US. We, we're fortunate to have pretty darn good infrastructure here to where VPN can be feasible over the internet. Go introduce global routes and, and things are, are very, very different in, in how that internet's gonna perform compared to 100 milliseconds coast to coast or less than 100 milliseconds coast to coast here in the US. So those globally distributed enterprises for us, they're, they're slam dunk right fits. When you have a transformational CIO, if you have somebody that's just, that's not in their driving chains, that's not innovating, that's, that's not, you know, that's just going to do the status quo stuff. They're never going to embrace Ariaka because we're so different in that respect. So, but that's really, those are the, you know, there's five, six verticals that we just, we have tremendous amount of success in. Love it. Okay. Um, one, one thing before we get to, I, I want to go through a more recent example, right? Somebody that you saw a massive transformation into, we'll get to that. But um, is there anything you want to call out, right, from a specific integrations or anywhere that you excel at? Um, maybe open up a, a little bit of vis visibility to kind of what's in the stack, what you can integrate with. Maybe just walk people through just a couple pieces of, oh, well, we love to integrate with this technology or we have some of this core architecture in the background. Anything you want to call out just to make people aware in case they're not aware of what's behind the scenes a little bit? Sure. Absolutely. No, great question. Again, I hammered, you know, kind of the whole network piece of it. So uh, for us, that's, you know, that's where it starts. That foundation is the foundation and this physical pot based architecture to, to be able to participate in Equinix fabric, provision express routes and direct connects and all that make it really clean and easy at the network layer. That's one thing. Security. We haven't really talked about security. So this whole SASE journey, what, what's unique and different about Ariaka? And, and, and twofold, one, we have this best of breed approach plus this unified SASE solution. So we're fully committed to developing all of our own IP around, you know, you've seen the SecuCloud acquisition and that, uh, that, that German team that we've acquired to help us develop this security stack and, and unify it into what is that core DNA of Ariaka, making these security decisions literally in the same stack. So doesn't require that hairpin, but we've also productized and supported this best of breed approach. So partnerships with the likes of Checkpoint, uh, to be able to fully commercialize their solutions, both the Harmony Connect, which is the cloud side, plus Quantum Edge, which is virtualizing their, their next-gen firewall on our ANAP stack. If that type of security posture makes sense for companies, we're capable of doing that. If you're a Palo shop today, we've got full interop certification to be able to support a virtual machine Palo 
um, on the ANAPS and, and actually even manage that. We've got expertise in-house to be able to provide us with co-management access to your Panorama instance. Let us take some of that responsibility off your plate. So uh, these are the, you don't see that often, right? Where there's a combination of best of breed and will work completely with uh, those cloud architectures like Zscaler, Symantec will be able to tunnel securely off our boxes into those cloud platforms. Uh, plus the Palo and Checkpoint that I mentioned, in addition to then this, this committed journey that we're on to uh, develop these best-in-class security solutions with our own IP. So that ultimately, I think, is a big differentiator versus forcing you to say, here, you have to consume. If you want us, you have to consume our security stack. Love it. And that is the value of SASE and a global backbone. Awesome stuff. Okay. Um, all right. Wrap us, uh, as we get to the last couple parts here, Walk us through a, a kind of transformational example. You, you know, you brought up a really good point, right? A transformational CIO absolutely makes the difference in helping people see how to take a company into the future. But walk us through an example, something that you got pulled into. Did it look like uh, once you got in there what it was originally described to you as? What kind of tech stack did they have or what kind of problems did they have? And then what did you put in place and how did it fix it all? When, you, when I say transformational, right, and, and the contrary can be probably an operational CIO, but that transformational CIO, when we get in there and start doing discovery, again, you guys are, are off in the soundboards for, for these opportunities and whether we're right fit. So some of this is very well qualified by the time it ever hits our plate um, in, in, a, in a qualified lead. So, uh, but that, that transformational CIO, what he, um, what, what questions we're going to ask is, is where you're at in, in, your, in your journey to cloud. And, and understand their, um, what's the end state really ultimately look like for them? And when we hear, we're done, we're done with MPLS, right? We're gonna cut the cord on that. Uh, and we get through our story, where right? We have literally 30 minutes to just do a high level overview of Arioca and talk through those differentiators. You see these light bulbs go on. And again, my four years that I've been here, I can literally, uh, it's probably gonna take my hands and toes to count the times with um, VPs of MPLS right even the, the CIO levels that have said had no idea anything like this existed Josh. and um and it's not that we know we're going to win that business at that point right but we've we've got a we've got a, a, a deal we got to fish on um and and it takes you know months and months of journey to uh secure that business but but ultimately that uh that commitment to cutting the cord on MPLS is 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 first and foremost and then also understanding again what's that security posture look like so it's not often that day one we're in there with InfoSec, but InfoSec nonetheless is always going to have a seat at the table nowadays. So, you know, are they are they one one organization? Ultimately, you have a CIO and a CISO in many cases, but uh, they have truly unified and, and are now sitting and collaborating more than probably ever before uh, because of this convergence that we see out there. And again, on this journey to cloud, where where do we want these security decisions to be made at? So. Um, for us, the, the real world example that I can give you is, is you know, there was a, a, an awesome success story of a CIO. Um, actually, he was VP of Infra, but uh, he was with a global manufacturing company, about 110 sites. And they were not only were they still in acquisition mode, but they were also in divestiture mode. So you have this this company that's growing, but also selling at the same time. Right. These strategic assets that may or may not make sense with, with the direction that they're on. But he was committed 100 percent to transforming the MPLS network. And they were, they already had some internet circuits out there. They mentioned, you know, I mentioned the, the, uh, the firewalls and then the SD-WAN appliances that weren't working that they knew were not the right platform for the end state that they wanted to go to. Security, all over the place, literally all over the place from sonic walls to some watch guards here, to some Fortinets here, to some ASAs here, to, it was an absolute mess. 
And the solution that we engineered in there was, again, this middle mile core network solution that's very easy to consume with site licenses and core subscription. We give these guys the flexibility to move subscription around across the world where they, where they want to. Um, we obviously tied into that infrastructure as a service model, building express route and direct connect into their AWS and Azure instances. And, um, and then security, we standardized. We, we ended up establishing a consistent security policy, virtualizing a checkpoint architecture for them as next gen security today. Uh, we built VPN licenses for every one of those now incredibly relevant hybrid workers, right? As we know that user application experience, whether you're sitting in an office or, um, or, or off in your home environment somewhere, they're looking for IT to basically build that consistent experience. So we had to build the VPN architecture. We do that over our private layer two core network. And then you also want to make those security decisions for browsers on corporate issued devices. So building in that secure web gateway as part of the architecture, that was the end state. And I think it's important to note that that is often what you see today. It's this combination. It's not a hundred percent cloud security and it doesn't have to be both. Yeah. It can be a combination of cloud security. Plus you still want to take a, a complete north, south, east, west preventative you know, measure on, on how you're protecting those branch architectures. It doesn't have to be both. And I think that's an important note to make. Good. Great stuff. Um, it's really good visibility into it. Uh, all right. So so as we wrap this up here, uh, let's, let's say now I'm a partner. I'm stoked. I want to go sell this. I've got customers in my base. They're global. They're backbone. Uh, I, I think you led into some of this already in a, in a really good way about peeling back the onion on application performance. Any other final questions that you would give partners who maybe haven't ventured into this? Maybe they're in CX. Maybe they're in cloud infrastructure sales. Maybe they're somewhere different. They're not comfortable selling this yet. Um, obviously, they know they've got our engineering team and your engineering team to kind of help them. But what's the question set or what would you tell the partners of how to approach their customers with this talk track? Great question. And, and that example that I just gave, um, the VP of Infra is now promoted to senior vice president. That was 110 sites. He's now senior vice president of a company that's 500 sites. And his solution I mentioned earlier, we've had these CIOs that have taken this architecture with them everywhere. Um, the senior VP of Infra is literally on a rinse and repeat schedule with that same transformation execution that he just made on that on that company, and and he's pulling us along with him. So, um, you know, for these partners that haven't sold this thing, uh, again, if you'd like to to ever speak with a partner that has, and you know, I'm gonna put you, I'll put you on the phone with somebody that um, literally overnight has and will take this SD WAN, this Arioc SD WAN solution anywhere with them in their career. We have had that reputation of white glove, best in class customer experience and partner experience for so many years. And, and that hasn't wavered in terms of our commitment to, um, to, to execution. So we're, we're fortunate to have a, an executive leadership team that uh, is willing to make whatever investments that, that are necessary in, in our customer experience. So uh, at the end of the day, you have to, you have to trust the ability for um our solutions to perform for your customers and and support their transformation agendas at the end of the day to reach that end state that's that's critical for everybody to get to and and that's really where we shine. Don't have to look much past Gartner Peer Insights. Um, you know we don't fit perfectly well into WAN Edge, right? Because again, there's so much of this intelligence that sits in the core. For us, Gartner has basically said, yeah, you guys don't fit in this little SD WAN box, right? Because there's so much more here that we can't take into consideration because we're evaluating only this edge-based architecture. Uh, but 
look at us in, in Peer Insights. Peer Insights is, is literally, that's what the customers are saying. Not what the analysts are saying, it's what the customers are saying. And for the last three years running across every region, Europe, Asia, and the US, we've won these Voice of the Customer Awards. And we're not paying any customer to write reviews on Ariaka. So there's a true white glove, fanatical approach to execution across that lifecycle journey from literally day one project management, provisioning to what does this look like at the end state for these customers and how they're consuming us. So love it. Love give it. us a chance. Find global, find multinational, ask about the application and you will probably find an Arioc opportunity. Love it. Okay, Ryan, final thoughts. Get your crystal ball out. Let's look out uh, 12 months, 18 months. Um, do we choose option? No, let's call it door A. Do we choose door A, which is listen to everything that you just told us in the last 30 minutes and go do that? Or do we choose door B, which is do all of that and consider what you think might be changing in the next 12 to 18 months? Any any thoughts on Ryan's crystal ball? Does anything change tech stack, customer stack? What do you think? Your humble opinion. Uh, again, it's with what we saw in the pandemic, digital transformation accelerated probably where we thought it might be five years from now, right? But um, so that 18 month window, we're going to continue to see that accelerated digital transformation. And by digital transformation, again, we really just we look at what's happening with this shift in the application and the applications from some data center to the cloud. I think what's an interesting point to make, though, is is we might even see a clawback, right? And by that, I mean consumption on this infrastructure side, while it was really sexy on paper for a lot of companies because of that transitional shift from capital expenditures and how you manage and operate data centers to this operational work, we've seen customers that have, have clawed back saying, we're, we're gonna have to go dump $2 million back into these data centers because it's gotten completely out of control with how much consumption we've got on this cloud platform. So CFOs are looking to, to, to CIOs to change and, and um, you know, and, and IT execs are basically saying, well, we're going to have to go back to where we were. Well, then that's just a model that's going to be more, more sustainable to us in, in how we're consuming. So um, as much as we know that journey to cloud probably won't slow, particularly around the SaaS adoption things, I think the infrastructure will begin to, to settle a bit. So um with that, is things going to, or, or, will, will, will we continue to see the security more in the cloud? It is my belief and opinion, yes. I think that it's going to make sense around CASB solutions, right? Around secure web gateway architectures for uh, these workers, whether they're in an office or in their home. So um, I don't think, I think the cloud security piece and SASE adoption will continue to accelerate. But I think on the infrastructure side, we're going to continue to see a shift probably a little bit back particularly where the spins have just accelerated to a point that it's a problem. So that's my, my opinion of where we're going to love it. All right. And we're going to leave it at that. Ryan you dropped a lot of knowledge on this. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this a couple of times. This is good stuff. Appreciate you coming on, man. But thanks for having me, Josh. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for the partnerships. Hey, you bet. All right, everybody wraps us up for today. We got Ryan Livesey, SVP of Solution Engineering at Ariaka. I'm your host, Josh Lepresto, SVP of Engineering at Tolaris. This is Next Level Biz Tech. Until next time. Next Level Biz Tech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit tolaris.com for more information.